What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Namaste Podcast, a podcast dedicated to uplifting the soul and creating positive goal-oriented talk. Today, I am actually doing a live stream podcast. I would like to start doing this more often. This is ultimately my goal is to always do all of my shows live. So right now, for everyone that's listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever, I am doing a live podcast on live.me. It is an awesome app that I have been using for about a year now where I do live streams. I try to do two to three, sometimes four if I'm pushing it a week, but recently it's been about two or three a week and sometimes one because that's just how it goes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I would love to continue to do live streams. So this is my little live stream podcast to start. I'm just, um, I don't know, feeling it out, seeing how I feel. And uh, then maybe I will do more if it's somewhat successful. And if it's not, I'm probably going to do more anyway, because truthfully, I think you just need to keep doing something and be consistent. And then eventually you will find a little bit of success or if anything, you will learn something and you will grow. So that is my goal for everything. All right. So we are hanging out at my home. I am in the living room. I have my yummy, delicious Starbucks coffee. Oh, I have recently discovered the most delicious Starbucks coffee. First off, this is not even what I want to talk about today, but I have to tell everyone listening. It is called a toffee nut latte made with almond milk. Oh, hallelujah. It's delicious. Like seriously, I hear the hallelujah chords in my brain as I drink it. But the only thing is, is I really shouldn't drink it while I am hosting this episode because uh, it makes my voice crack. I don't know if that um, happens to anyone that might be listening that might that might talk on a mic or host a show or a podcast or whatever. For some reason, coffee does like disrupt your vocal cords. Maybe any singers listening out there, um, but it certainly does for me. Maybe I'm the only one, probably. So I'm gonna drink water. Mm and uh, focus on that for the remainder of the show. I'm also going to be answering a couple questions on live.me because I see that there are a lot rolling in. Um, So we have on live.me Firefox 666 says, I have family in um, Kalua Bay, Hawaii. I'm not sure. Maybe I brought up Hawaii before I started uh, filming this episode, but Hawaii is my fave. Thank you for letting me know. Your boy Harambe says, I like how you say things with conviction. Yes, I am a very... (laughs) passionate (laughs) human being. I don't know why. I just get very passionate about the things that I like and I just have to tell everybody. That's, I've always been that way. When I used to work at Chapters, so for all the American listeners out there, uh, Chapters is, um, well, Chapters Indigo, it's the same company, It's our main bookstore in Canada, so kind of like Barnes & Noble for you guys. And anyways, I used to work there for about five years and whenever someone would come in looking for a self-help book everyone knew to point them in my direction because I was like the self-help girl and I couldn't help it but every book I would recommend I'd get so excited and I'd be so passionate about and all the customers like I'm not even joking like every single one would say I'm just gonna buy it because you seem so enthusiastic about it (laughs) like that would actually happen all the time so really I'm a great seller I'm a great salesperson when I really like something, but when I don't, that's also not good because you will see that. I have a really hard time uh, lying. 
So, which is like, I feel like a good quality, kind of not so good because I'm also an actor, but anyways, getting off track. <laughs> um, I'm going to answer one more question. We have Simba in the house says, Allo water helps with vocal cords. That's right. Yes, it, it certainly does. Thank you. Thank you for, um, uh, pointing that out. And, um, what do I want to say? <laughs> thank you for, what's the word? Uh, thank you for, uh, telling me I'm right. Jeez, I, I still can't think of the words, so I'm moving on. Uh, problem reporter says beach or mountain. So on live.me, for everyone listening, um, people ask random questions just to stimulate conversation, and I do like that about the app. So beach or mountain, I would choose the beach because I'm an ocean girl. And this, then Simba also says, you ever recommend the Bible as a self-help book? Um, I never did. I never recommended the Bible. But uh, I do want to read the Bible for, uh, for reasons that um, I just am particularly curious about it. I mean, it's the oldest book in history. Tell me about a book that's older. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there probably is, but it's the oldest book um, that I can think of. And... <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's probably a lot to learn in the Bible, even though I'm sure that it has been warped and, you know, changed many times over centuries. I'm sure it has. I'm not going to be um, in denial about that. But um, I am certainly still interested in the oldest book. Am I right am, or am I wrong? I feel like it is the oldest book. I'm saying that, but like I'm saying it kind of with a question mark because I feel like maybe I'm wrong about this. I probably am wrong, but anyways, whatever, Melissa, move on. <laughs> yes, I would like to read it, but no, I never recommended it as a self-help book. All right, so moving on to what I actually want to talk about in this podcast because it got a little off track. That's what happens when you live stream, when people ask questions and you're like, oh, I just got to answer all the questions and then forget about what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I actually have a couple of things I want to talk about today. So first off, my first thought that I want to discuss is inspired by none other than Love Island. Okay, so if you haven't heard of this show, it is, <laughs> it's like a giant science experiment where you throw, well, I don't know how many people to start. I think 10, five girls, five boys, 10 extremely good looking people into this house in Spain and they have to couple up and try to find love with each other. And then every so often someone gets eliminated, but more people get brought back into the house. And anyways, so this show is very entertaining, especially the British one. I'm not going to lie. I haven't given the American one a chance yet. I love the host that they chose, Ariel, but, um, or Ariel, I don't know how to actually pronounce her name, but, um, I'm sure, I'm sure it's good, but recently I've been watching the British one. And anyways, so I'm watching this show, okay? And in the show, there is a crazy episode or a crazy scene where this girl has been dating this guy <laughs> for a couple of weeks because the show is like eight weeks long. And, <laughs> and recently, like maybe two days prior to this, so this is also a live show. If you don't know anything about the show, it's a live show that's shot every single day for eight weeks straight. And we're maybe one day behind. Like the turnaround for the show is super fast. So they will shoot a full day. And then right away, the editors will be working till like six in the morning, editing that episode so it can go out the next day. So it's it's really um, fast. It comes out really fast. So we are, we're able to vote in real time for who we want to stay and whatnot. So it's really cool. So anyways, two days prior to this episode, this guy asked this girl if he 
if she wanted to be his girlfriend. And we're all like sobbing. We're like, oh, this is beautiful. Like they've liked each other since day one. Amazing. Okay. Two days later, two days later, this new girl comes into the, <laughs> comes into the island, the villa, and suddenly his head's being turned and he kind of likes this new girl. <laughs> and he tells one of his guy friends, okay, who happens to be seeing this girl who's best friends with the girl that he has been saying, seeing. So I should probably actually say the name. So Jordan is the guy that's dating um, Anna, that asked Anna to date him two days prior, okay? So Jordan goes and tells this guy named Curtis that he thinks that his head is being turned and he wants to go talk to this other girl. I don't know her name. I forget her name. Indy. India? India. That's her name. India. Okay. So Jordan's head's being turned by India. This is getting very confusing <laughs> and not even on track with my point, but I'm getting to it. So, <laughs> so uh, Jordan's head's being turned by India. He's telling t Curtis all about this and Curtis says to go and maybe tell India how he's feeling. Then Curtis goes and tells his girlfriend or person he's seeing, Mora, about the fact that Jordan's head's being turned. And of course, Mora is one of Anna's best friends. And Mora's very fiery and she just she she's just a really loyal human being. And so she, of course, right away has to storm over to Anna and tell Anna everything because she's not gonna let Anna be taken advantage of or feel embarrassed or whatnot. Or, you know, she doesn't want Anna to be in a bad place and and you know look silly. So she goes and storms over, tells Anna. <laughs> but meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan doesn't know what's happening. Jordan's very clueless and he's over, he's over somewhere just talking to um, India, telling her, telling her that she's somewhat interested in him. So, sorry, he's telling her that, that he's somewhat interested in her and she's not really responding. She's just sort of like, you know, internalizing it. And then, of course, once Anna finds out, she storms over to Jordan and calls him out on his bull. So I'm watching this whole thing. And Jordan right away is denying the whole thing. And right away, he just acts as if he's doing nothing wrong. And he's just talking to India as if he's having a regular conversation to any girl. And he's just talking to them and she's crazy. And he starts acting like she's absolutely crazy. And this just got me thinking, okay, because... Jordan also didn't know that Curtis went and told Mora, who told Anna. <laughs> Jordan's oblivious to the whole backstory of what's happening. So, of course, he's just going to lie and defend himself like nothing has changed. And Anna's just a crazy person. But this whole scene, watching this whole thing, it's actually so highly entertaining. M recommend this show completely. It is, like, very entertaining. But, <laughs> but as I'm watching this whole show and this whole scene sort of pan out, I thought about it and I've been thinking about woman's intuition because earlier that day, okay, earlier that day, you see Jordan. So J Jordan told Curtis about his head being turned like in the beginning of the day, like probably at breakfast time, okay? And then when he, to, from breakfast time all the way to dinner time when he's talking to um, India and that whole scene panned out. Throughout the day, we see shots of Anna who is saying something's wrong. Something's wrong. I can feel something's wrong. He doesn't like me anymore. He's, he's, not even, he's not even like paying attention to me as much. Like we've barely talked. We didn't cuddle last night. Like she's, she's feeling it in the energy field. And that just got me thinking that there is an energy that is all knowing that 
that everyone can tap into, okay? Whether something has been spoken or not, just everyone can tap into this. I don't know if it's a plane, a frequency, or whatnot, but you can always tell and figure out the truth if you can tune into yourself. You can find out what the truth is if you can tap into this energy and tune into yourself. And it's, it's just, it just reminded me of so many instances in my past where I've known something was going to happen, but I don't have any proof because no one said anything, but you can just, you can feel it. You can feel it. And so it just got me thinking about language and how people all like their first, their first, um, defense is, is language. And well, I didn't say anything or, or to act like nothing happened, but if Jordan was aware to this all-knowing energy, then he would know that Anna knew that something was going on and he wouldn't, he just wouldn't lie because there's, there's no escaping it. But most people, I think, just aren't aware to it. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people are aware as to how obvious it is when you're able to tune in to this energy. Does that make sense? For everyone watching on live.me, are you following along? Um, we have a couple of questions rolling in. Sorry, I missed a couple of your comments. Um, are you doing a podcast, SG? Yes, I am. Thank you for asking. Um, just not, LOL, you don't have to say anything. Sorry. Yes, there we go. I said something. <laughs> that, that was a, a while ago. I'm sorry. I missed <laughs> uh, all those messages. Maverick Harden says, hey, beautiful. Hello to you in love pink. Welcome to the show. All right, so yeah, anyways, it just, it, it had me thinking, and I was talking about language to one of my good friends, Sarah from Anthrodish. We went to a podcast conference. Well, it wasn't specifically a podcast conference. It was like for online content, um, for short films. What was it called? It was called, uh, oh, irrelevant. I can't remember. But anyways, we went to some conference and we started talking about um, language and how this, this is s slightly off topic, but just I've been thinking a lot about language recently and how um, we interpret speaking a certain way as being intelligent and posh. But if you really think about it, first off, there's many different kinds of intelligence. But second, there are so many different ways to, your, to express yourself, and it's curious as to why we just put speaking a certain way as intelligent and posh. It's just, I don't know, it's really interesting to me how we will hear someone talking, quote unquote, ghetto, and we will just write them off as being unintelligent. We'll write them off as being dumb. We'll write them off as being just quote unquote ghetto, <laughs> right? But that it that's just how someone speaks. That's from where they're from. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they're unintelligent, but it's interesting because even with certain British accents, you will you will just assume someone that speaks with a certain kind of British accent that they are intelligent or not. And yeah, I just find that really interesting. So language has been on my mind recently. And um, yeah, and just the fact that there is an all-knowing energy that that I think it takes a lot of self-reflection to to get to a point where you can feel it always because it is actually something that I'm always tuned into. And sometimes I'll say to people like my mom, for example, 
I'll say that person doesn't like me. This is a bad example because that didn't happen. But like something around those lines, that person was really rude. And my mom will just actually be completely like she she will have no idea what I'm talking about. And (laughs) it's really hard to explain to people that aren't as tuned into that or aren't like I just practice a lot with tuning in. But uh, but for example, if I said that my boyfriend right away, he would know exactly what I'm talking about because he's just someone that is very connected and tuned in. So, um, yeah, I think it's something that takes practice. I think it takes a lot of meditation. I think it takes a lot of alone time um, to understand. Uh, And I think it it also takes a lot of um, patience as well, because it's super hard to start to realize that you can understand people really well, that you can understand what people are thinking, whether they are saying it out loud or not. You can understand by the way that they move, by the way that they just are energetically. It's hard to not take things personal. I think that is the actual uh, challenge is that once you're able to tune into this energy field, once you're able to understand energy in, an, in that sort of way, um, trying to not take things personal is a really big challenge. And it might not be for everybody, but it is certainly for me. I still need to sometimes like go for a walk and say, Melissa, this isn't anything to do with you. Like ultimately I actually come from the belief system of that. Everything is personal to that person. Like everything that I get mad at has something to do with, with a trigger that I have. It's personal to me, but it's still, it's part of society to react to other people and take what people do personal towards us. It's, it's like a societal way. So anyways, there's a couple questions rolling in. Um, Simba said, you spend enough time with someone and you can pick up on their tells. That too, right? Yes, is of course, exactly. When you get to know someone, then you're just already tuned into their energy and you just already know when they're lying, when they're not lying, when they're sad, when they're mad. You just know like right away. Uh, but I'm specifically talking about a, a different kind of energy field when you don't know people so you can tune into always. It's very interesting and figure out if they're right. Exactly. Simba also says intelligence isn't always attributed to mass amount of formal um, education. I'm the same way. If someone calls me a name, I'm flipping tables. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, I think I'm a lot better at not reacting now, uh, but it depends. I suppose... If you catch me during, say, like Cricket Live, okay, when I'm hosting the game show, uh, there have been times where there have been really, not really mean tweets. I haven't really gotten any horribly mean tweets, but maybe one, one mean tweet um, in like the history of like the two and a half years that I've been there. So so I really can't say I get like a lot of mean tweets because I really don't. But say someone says you're ugly or something and it really catches you off guard because you're reading these tweets live and uh, you know, it's hard not to react because you're in such a a zone where it just catches you by surprise and it's like, oh, mean. (laughs) But if, if I'm not sort of performing, if it's not like a shock, I'm usually able to breathe my nose is like clogged (laughs) I don't know if you heard that there we go (laughs) breathe and just sort of you know just take a few breaths internalize it 
and then not really react. I'm, I'm pretty good at that now, uh, but I used to have a really hard time with that. I think that just takes practice. Honestly, my temper is why I stay off social media, LOL. <laughs> Simba, I understand that. You know what? See, I... I am also someone that tries to stay off social media a lot, not because of my temper, but because I get distracted. I know that this is a whole other story, but um, yeah, I think it just, it gets me off track and gets me less grounded and it gets me more in my head as opposed to tuning in. And I, I aim to be tuned in at all times. So um, just because I just, I love it. I love being able to read people. I love being able to know what to say to make someone feel better. It's, it kind of feels powerful and a little bit magical. And um, so that's kind of my goal always. I spent hours in the stupidest um, dissections and debates, lol, uh, Simba says, on on um, live.me. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Ray is rolling in, says, I stay off social media a lot because it's filled with too much hate. Yep, same. Yeah, it, it, it is filled with a lot of hate. But the thing is, I think also, um, based off of what you like on social media, there is an algorithm that sort of developed for you there's your your social media feed will show you things that you have read before or that you've tuned into before so if you just don't pay attention to anything mean you will start seeing a lot of good things pop up like actually I started playing a little game with myself and doing that in the last while and now my social media really is quite positive which is good but truly I actually only go on Instagram like when I'm going to post something or when I should probably answer my messages because I always have like so many messages and I, I ignore them and I like I, I always feel bad because I don't want anyone to think that it's that I'm purposely ignoring them because I don't like them or anything it's just that I don't have the energy like there's only so much energy that you have in a day and I don't want to give it towards that I want to be you know productive but anyways getting off track um I just wanted to bring up about uh the energy of the all-knowing and I think also what was interesting about this situation in particular is that people always say women's intuition you know that's a thing it truly is a thing I think but also males can be intuitive as well I think the reason maybe women might be more tuned in uh on a whole is because we deal with our emotions. Whereas a lot, maybe not these days, I'll, I'll be interested to see what the next generation is like, but certainly like when I was growing up, a lot of the boys were told big boys don't cry or suck it up or, you know, like just, just, yeah, big boys don't cry. <laughs> and that's, that was like the number one thing that I even remember my dad saying to my brother. So I think boys weren't taught the tools to deal with their emotions. And uh, it, unfortunately, I think that's why they do have a harder time tuning in because the, the only way to tune in is to be self-reflective and to work through your crap. Women are more tuned in because they are from Venus, says Ray. <laughs> Agreed. Yes, men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. And for everyone listening, um, I have a very exciting guest coming up in September. It was supposed to be recently, but got rescheduled. In September, I'm actually going to be interviewing uh, John Gray from the book Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And yes, he is the creator of that phrase. <laughs> My boyfriend and I were in the car the other day, and I he said that in passing he's like like men are from mars women are from venus and then both of us just sort of sat and thought about that for a second and he went wait 
did that guy create that phrase? And then we realized, oh yeah, he did. <laughs> that is literally like that phrase that people say, well, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. That was created by John Gray, whom I'm interviewing. That's wild. Like we just said that nonchalantly in conversation because that is just a phrase people use, but he actually created that pretty wild pretty wild that I'm going to be interviewing him. So that's very exciting. Something coming up. Um, Maverick uh, is in the house. We have Simba saying nothing wrong with crying when it's appropriate. Exactly. Well, uh, well, that's an interesting way of putting it. I think that if you feel like you need to cry, then go for it. <laughs> um, Malcolm says, what if it's not a phrase and actually the truth? Then... That's kind of cool. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> Maybe we are from Venus and from Mars. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because we do speak completely different languages at times. I'm in the process of reading John Gray's second book right now, and it's very interesting. It's actually a little bit more about society today and how we... Uh, understand love today and how we can fulfill our partners today as opposed to Men Are From Mars, which was written in the 80s. So um, what I find really interesting is that I would always point to chapter eight in Men Are From Mars being like the all-knowing, most incredible chapter. And the chapter was all about emotional needs that each gender has or each sex. Um, and what I find interesting is that this new book is actually just talking all about that chapter. So obviously, I the reason I tuned into it is because it is very relevant to today. So um, yeah, I'm excited to finish that book. I will probably do a podcast episode just reviewing that book, possibly, or maybe not. Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'll just do another live stream like this as an episode and talk about it. But um, yeah, so far, so good. So I'm uh, super excited about that. Okay, I'm going to refer to my notes and see what else I wanted to talk about. So language and slang being considered unintelligent. Yes, I talked about that. Um, <laughs> I have so many like random notes that I just write down every so often. <laughs> oh, yes. If you don't use it, you lose it. Okay, so this has been on my mind for a couple weeks now. I've been saying it in regards to different situations, uh, but my friend actually put it back in my face today, which I thought was great that she called me out on it. And uh, basically, I have been talking about my cognitive like brain function not being up to par as it used to be and just sort of noti noticing the differences in the last two years. And I do think that ultimately, I think maybe the reason is because of my diet. I do think that I might be missing something um, like vitamin, I don't know, B, who knows? I take B12 vitamins uh, tablets or it could be lack of iron, who knows? But anyways, I do think that I need to get more serious about taking my uh, nutrition serious and I need to you know, start focusing on that <clears throat> because I have noticed a difference. But uh, yeah, I was telling my friend about this. We were talking about all the many reasons why I could be sort of, you know, just, I don't want to even say decreasing. I, like I really, I, I'm probably being super dramatic. I'm probably just being hypersensitive and just, I'm just hyper aware because I just overthink the crap out of everything. But um, I have been slightly concerned. And so she was saying, girl, if you don't use it, you lose it. 
How often are you reading? Are, we're not in school anymore, so we're not studying anymore. When you think about being a child all the way till recently, we were always in school. We were always studying, cramming things in for exams. We were always learning and improving and growing. And she was like, what have you been doing this year, truly, that, that might be in alignment with that? And I sat and I thought, and I was like, damn it, you're right. Like, I haven't been taking, I didn't take a class at all this year. Like, usually I'll take a class, some kind of class, like psychology, whatnot, because I just, you know, I like to learn. Um, or I'll do Sudoku or, I don't know, work on French. I haven't even been doing my French much this year. So, no wonder. <laughs> and I do believe that. I think if you don't use it, you will lose it. And I've been saying that about my body because... Recently, I have been noticing so many changes in my body and my hips hurting and all these things, but whenever I'm active, it goes away. And, and so it, I just don't think it's a coincidence. So I, yeah, I'm glad that she said that because that sort of woke me up to realizing, yeah, I got to start making sure that I'm always focusing on goals. I'm always doing things to challenge my brain, whether it's learning a new language, whether it's I don't know, taking a class. I really want to take another class. So I think I will do that again soon. Whether it's taking up a hobby, learning learning something new is just really important. So uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk about that because I think that is such a relevant phrase. I think that is such actually a really important, interesting idea that is probably so relevant to like everything in life. So if there is something that you are a little bit concerned about in terms of health or your body, like think about that phrase. If you don't use it, you will lose it. Use it. <laughs> Everything is balance, I think. It goes back to that. That's actually been, <clears throat> I'm going to have to take a drink of my water because I'm starting to get all crackly in my voice. <clears throat> Everything is about balance. I have been talking about that a lot recently, about how aware how, how aware of the fact, how, how aware I am <laughs> of the fact that uh, everything is about balance. And it's funny because my uncle, whom I really admire, he's quite successful. He is a really big lawyer in North Bay, Ontario. And uh, he used to say that to me all the time. Everything is about balance, Melissa. Um, aim to find balance. And he's not even spiritual or anything, so I think that is uh, kind of cool um, that he said that and that, you know, because I, 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 not that that needs to be tied in, but anyways, <laughs> I think actually often a lot of people are spiritual without even realizing it because, I don't know, may, or maybe they just don't want to realize it because they, they think the idea of, of church and spirituality is somewhat dumb or unintelligent. I know that my dad kind of thinks that way, so... Uh, anyways, he used to say that all the time, and I do think that everything is balanced. I think that um, with with taking away anything from your diet, I think that can be concerning. I have been thinking about recently about all the things that I cut out from my diet and how now when I try to eat them, I severely uh, react and my body just can't take it. So um, I... I wish I had just had everything in moderation. So now I have been noticing that 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 in the last I would say in the last sort of half a year actually I'm going to say in the, in this last year I have been <clears throat> truly focusing on just bringing a lot of balance to my life. So tuning into when I'm not feeling so good 
and uh, when I, I don't want to stream and, you know, just listening to myself, um, having sugar some days and then not having sugar other days, just really, you know, trying to create a lot of balance in my life. And I've just noticed that I'm at like a healthier weight now, that I'm a lot happier. So, um, yeah, so everything is about, I don't know how many times I can say that, but I just think that that's something that we should all just think about. And um, instead of today being upset at ourselves for eating that chocolate bar, maybe saying, I'm going to allow myself to eat this chocolate bar today. And maybe tomorrow before eating the chocolate bar, I will choose or, or try to go for some grapes. Or uh, maybe tomorrow I will say no to sugar and I'll just have healthy foods. And then the next day, I can allow myself to have sugar. But um, I, I no longer want to be in a headspace where I feel bad for eating sugar. I don't. And I, it doesn't make me feel good. And I don't enjoy it. And I'm really on this mission to do whatever makes me feel good now. So, yeah. So, anyway, something to think about. Something that I've been thinking about that I wanted to share. Uh, okay. Sorry. A couple messages that I have missed. We have um, – let me – sorry. I'm just going to scroll back up. Um, nothing wrong with crying when it's appropriate just over crying or over emotional response for any gender uh, what if it's not a phrase and actually the truth right I, you already said that shouldn't be practiced um, he knows because he's a gray ha, 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 ha. what does that mean Malcolm I, I wait I think I might have missed that I'm laughing because I I thought I understood it but actually I don't Simba says you have any recommendations when it comes to must read books definitely I am a huge fan of um, it's called Fire in the Heart by Deepak Chopra. It was actually originally written for, for teenagers, but I think it is so appropriate for adults, especially adults that don't read that much. Uh, but regardless if you read, if you don't read much or not, I think this book is just so elegantly and beautifully written that it will resonate with anybody. And it's basically about this boy who's, you know, a teenager coming into his own and he comes across this wise one, an old man, who just sort of gives him life lessons to chew on. And um, when I was reading it, it was so uh, in alignment with my life and it just brought me so much comfort. It helped ground me, it helped me feel so grateful. It's a fabulous book that I used to buy for everybody. I would buy it and give it to people as gifts and uh, tell people to read it all the time. Highly recommend that one. Obviously, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho is amazing. And uh, that one is also about a boy who goes on a journey uh, to find himself sort of thing, tuning into energy in life. And it's very spiritual. It's a beautiful book. Paulo Coelho also wrote a book called The Pilgrimage, which I just bought. I haven't read yet, but I'm very intrigued to read that one because it is all about the Camino de Santiago de Compostela. And if you don't know what that is, I want to walk it one day. It is a very large trail it's a long trail <laughs> and it starts from I believe like the cusp of Spain and Portugal and it goes it's a trail that goes all the way across Spain like the northern Spain to I think sorry the cusp of Spain and France did I say Spain and Portugal Spain and France it's on the cusp of Spain and France and then um the trail goes all the way around all the way along the northern part of Spain and then it ends like Spain and Portugal area like like towards the border of that 
And so anyways, the reason it is so special is because it is said to be on a ley line. If you don't know what a ley line is, it's a, a, a specific area where the energy is really, really strong. And it is said to mimic the Milky Way. And when you walk along it, it's just absolutely incredible. And the, like just the stars, the view, the scenery, everything. But the most important reason why you want to walk it is because it is supposed to be a spiritual journey with yourself. It's supposed to be something that you do to tune into yourself, to reflect on your life, to reflect on what you want out of life, to, to really get to the core of of what you want to do next and, and what drives you in life. And um, people have some crazy spiritual realizations and visions and, um, you know, dreams while they do it. It's a month-long pilgrimage, and I am going to do it 100,000%. <clears> I have been doing my research. I've been preparing for it. So I just bought the pilgrimage. I also bought another book like specifically on the Camino that people, people have, you know, walked the full length and then they have made little notes along the way. And then there was um, a travel book written on it. So I'm excited to dig into that one. So yeah, something I want to do in my life. I don't know how I trailed off into that, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah the pilgrimage and giving book recommendations. So that's uh, that's a really, um, the alchemist is a really good one. And I want to read the pilgrimage by Paulo Coelho as well, because I believe the alchemist was also, I think it was inspired a little bit based off of um, Paulo Coelho's actual journey walking along the, the Camino. So um, yeah, so those books I would recommend. I just finished reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I am absolutely like fascinated and entranced by Eckhart Tolle. I have been listening to so many talks by him. He just did a series with Oprah, interestingly enough, called uh, A New Earth. It was a podcast series where they went chapter by chapter um, through his book, A New Earth. They talked about the themes of each chapter, and then they had people call in with questions, and it blew my mind. I told every one of my friends, everybody that I know would be interested in, I let them know, and if you are listening and, and you are a friend and I did tell you, I'm sorry, um, but I'm telling you now, go and listen to that. It's, it's free. It's a podcast. Uh, I believe it's just called Oprah and Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth fantastic. I think there were like 10 or 11 episodes. Highly recommend. Um, so yeah, a power, The Power of Now was fantastic as well. It's just kind of, The Power of Now, I think he wrote before A New Earth. I could be wrong, but uh, it's essentially the same ideas and concepts that he talks about in A New Earth. Simba also says diet and exercise are just as important as mental stimulation completely. I think um, diet and exercise are completely cor correlated with uh, depression, anxiety, all kinds of mental and cognitive disorders, 100%. I am such a big advocate for that because I know of how different I am when I'm extremely active and when I'm getting the proper nutrition. So, um, yeah, I know that I'm being silly by not taking it seriously. And the problem with being a vegetarian, which I am, is that you really do need to take every meal seriously because of the fact that if you go a day without eating, you know, veggies, if you don't have, say, spinach or things with protein in it, then that is going to disrupt your whole week just in that one day. Because people that eat meat, 
if they just have a little bit of chicken in that day, they often get everything that they need for the full day just in that, in that chicken. So I have been thinking a lot about that recently and there are definitely days for me where I will just have like a can of soup or I know that's really bad, but I'm addicted to (laughs) tomato soup. (laughs) I will have a can of soup uh, for lunch. I'll have like cereal for breakfast with almond milk and then for dinner I'll have pasta and like no, well, pasta certainly has protein, but nowhere in any of those meals do you see spinach or, you know, things that I really should be eating. So that's not good. At least when you're eating animal protein, you're getting all the vitamins and minerals that, that they have because they ate the veggies. (laughs) So I really do need to take it seriously. Any veggies out there and vegetarians, veggies out there who are listening, really, you need to take it seriously because you really could be disrupting your entire body. Your, you could be causing yourself unnecessary mental, you know, disorders because, it, it, it is certainly correlated. There's way too much evidence that it is correlated. So anyways, I am, um, uh, I am committing to taking it seriously right now, live on live.me and on my podcast. All right, a couple more questions and then I'm going to finish up. Uh, we have, I speak Portuguese, you speak French, we'll go together. Yes, Simba. <laughs> massive, massive respect for the people that just quit cold turkey. Um, haha, pun intended. Yeah, you know, I did. I quit cold, cold turkey. Um, I had watched a documentary. See, the thing is, What's interesting is I, I quit because of a documentary that I had watched, but I didn't actually quit because of the documentary. So it's kind of hard to explain, but uh, I wanted to experiment with my diet because I had severe acne at the time. And because I'm an actor, uh, it may seem extremely egotistical, but I really wanted to have clear skin. It is, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to be on camera and be scrutinized and judged and, you know, have faults and imperfections. And, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that that wasn't a huge factor as to why I quit it because I were, I was told that sometimes meat and the crap that animals are being given these days to eat can cause disruptions in um, our skin and in our bodies. So I wanted to experiment with that. I also was told that a lot of meat was correlated with cancers. A lot of meat was correlated with anxiety, depression, whatnot. So anyways, I wanted to experiment with that. And so that is why I cut it out. Not really for the animals. Like I wasn't doing it to be an advocate for animals, which is why most people cut it out. Um, yeah, I was just, I, when I'm just excited and committed to something, I'm really committed. So I just, you know, I thought I'm going to try this out. And anyways, I, what's interesting is that I ended up staying on this diet because I did feel so much better. I did feel, um, yeah, my, like my depression, anxiety did go away. My pimples went away. Um, you know, I saw so many huge benefits. Now I'm not going to lie. Two years later, I get acne again. I, I felt depression a lot of this year. So to say that one reason is the only reason is just, I just, I don't believe in that ever. And I think that I was a little naive as to say, yep, I found the cure. Like that was why, (laughs) because certainly I've struggled with that this year and I've been eating the same way. So, 
Uh, I mean, mind you, there have been other factors like I had a death in my family and whatnot. But still, I think that um, it is a huge factor, but it's not the only factor. So I think also exercise. I haven't been exercising as much this year as I have been in the past. So yeah, there's many different factors that can cause anything, but certainly I do think that it is a big factor. He eats meat, but only the meat he hunts himself. Oh, are you talking about Joe Rogan? My brother quit meat because of the mistreatment of them. Oh, interesting. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Joe Rogan because he hunts a lot of his meat and um, he eats the meat that he hunts. And I find that very interesting. And I find that to be, um, possible. Like, I, I think that could be a possible, uh, solution or, um, yeah, a solution to not have the meat affect you as, as much. I don't know. Okay. Here, here's the deal. I have been hypothesizing on this for a while. So in the last 20 plus years, maybe 30 years, there's all these kinds of like allergies. Like everybody has every, every allergy under the sun. Everybody I know has an allergy to something. Everyone I know can't eat something these days. And I think, who knows, could be wrong, but a little hypothesis I have is <clears throat> we're also not as religious anymore. As a whole, our society and culture is very, very actually anti-religion these days. Um, and anti, like I would say actually we're a little bit more spiritual now than more, more now than ever, but for the longest time, very anti-religion. And, um, you know, if you were religious in any sort, then people kind of just thought you were like dumb or whatnot. Like that was actually a very trendy way to act or like, you know, to project onto people for a while. And so anyways, I, I feel that I think it's really interesting that, you know, so long ago we didn't have all of these allergies. Now, all of a sudden, everyone has all these allergies to food and we're not as spiritual anymore. And when you think about it, 30 plus years ago, everybody was either Catholic, Christian, whatever. And a popular thing to do would, would be to say grace before meals and bless your food. And from a spiritual perspective, when you're in an attitude of gratitude, I think that that is called being in the flow and that's when good things come to you. And so, and like, even from like an energy perspective, I think if you are in a high vibrational energy of gratitude and spreading love and just feeling ultimately like good and feeling joyful, I think anything you have will be able to be digested like digested in a good way and, and you, yeah, will be able to be digested <laughs> essentially. And so if you think about it now, like, and I mean, also I'm not obviously going to be naive as to say that I'm, I don't realize that of course now there's way more chemicals in our food. Now we have fast food. We eat, but people eat hamburgers that are, aren't even like actual meat anymore. Like, <laughs> like McDonald's, uh, like there's many different factors, but I do think, uh, that, I think it's interesting that we don't say grace anymore and now we have all these issues with food. And I just, I wonder, I wonder as a little test, if we started to say grace before our meals or I'm super grateful for this food and actually be grateful for the food before we ate it. I wonder if we did like a little, a little project or a little test and did that every meal, uh, every, say, say, sorry, say it before every meal for let's say a month and then sort of document our progress. I wonder 
what the solution might be. I wonder what might happen. I'm just curious because I think maybe getting to an attitude of gratitude, I wonder if that would help us be able to digest better. I don't know. I, I could be completely wrong. Obviously, in severe cases when people have severe allergies where they might die, do not try that, obviously. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to promote trying something that might kill you. That's dumb. But I'm for everyone that has, like, mild, you know, somewhat allergies or, or just have somewhat, like, stomach, not even allergies. I'm going to say stomach irritations because, for example, when I have uh, dairy, I get like, I get stomach irritation. Sometimes I get, I hate to say this live, but diarrhea. <laughs> like, you know, you get like, I have like symptoms of it, but I'm not severely allergic where like I can't breathe, you know? So uh, for, for people that have like mild irritations, I'd be interested as to see if you, if they tried that and what the result might be. I don't know. Just, just a little thought I've had. Sorry, let's just, uh, I'm going to read some final comments um Simba says uh I was always taught that it's oh oops he uh, there's a couple he says he eats meat uh, blah blah blah. I'm a massive fan of Joe Rogan I'm so happy you mentioned him it's like finding a gem in people <laughs> yeah I love Joe Rogan he's awesome um I was always taught that I agree more gratitude easier it is to be happier exactly you don't have a name you just have emojis in your name so I appreciate your comment spirituality is a creation of God and there for is perfection. Religion is created by man and therefore will always be flawed. Ah, I love that perspective. And I do agree with that. I do think that, um, I think that as well, uh, that, you know, tuning in is that, that is the ultimate spirituality. I think that is the ultimate truth. I definitely certainly think laws and religion. Yeah, it was created by man. So that's why I also going back to the beginning where I said, you know, maybe I'd read the Bible. I, I would read it with a grain of salt. I would take everything, sorry, with a grain of salt and know that like it's been written by man. However, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to brush it off because possibly stuff was channeled. Possibly people were guided to say those things. So I am interested in the future. I will read it at some point because I am interested as to, you know, what uh, what is said in it. Um, but yeah, anyways, what a fantastic, uh, episode this has been. This was actually been really fun. I got to talk about a lot of the things that I wanted to talk about. I feel like, um, we had some good engagement. Thank you for everybody on uh, live.me that answered, answer question. No, ask questions. <laughs> I made statements is what I'm trying to say. And to everyone listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you might be listening from, Stitcher, TuneIn, you know, SoundCloud. Um, if you want to join me on any of my live streams, I don't often record them as episodes, but I wanted to do that today for fun. I am on live.me. It is an app and my uh, username is at Melissa Milotti. So the same thing as my Instagram and my Twitter. So yeah, you can come hang out with me and we have talks like this all the time, but uh, I thought that it would be fun to put it in podcast form. You're also going to be seeing a lot of changes in my podcast very soon. I'm going to be possibly adding some fun characters to my show as as a lot of you guys know, I am an actor and I just love playing around with characters and accents and whatnot. So I will be doing that very soon. I've been chewing on these ideas. I've been trying to mold them into something, trying to figure out um, how certain characters could play in. Uh, and so you will see that very soon. But anyways, 
I am going to go. So thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to be part of my dream team, uh, my Namaste network team, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Melissa Malati. All the details are all on there. Uh, everything that I do, like I create monthly meditations. I create the spreading love calendar, which has different tasks that you can do every single day of the month to you know spread love in your community, but also to tune in, to be more aware of yourself and to love yourself a little bit more. And, and then of course I have this podcast. So you would be, you know, obviously supporting all that and being a part of that community. And you can join my discord, which needs to be a little bit more active. It has been more recently, but I got off track with that for a while. So I'm going to make that more active again. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, everything uh, about all of that is on patreon.com slash Melissa Malati. So thank you so much for listening guys. I love you so much. And as always, don't forget the motto that the grass is always greenest where you are right now. So repeat that to yourselves three times today. I'm going to do it right now. The grass is greenest where I am right now. The grass is greenest where I am right now. The grass is greenest where I am right now. Everything is beautiful where I am right now. This is the right time. This is now this is the present moment this is a beautiful moment and life is beautiful everything is good everything is grand (laughs) and i am super grateful thank you thank you thank you things that i like to say to myself (laughs) all right my love sending you so much love so much light and motivation to go slay at your goals and i will see you in the next episode namaste For more Namaste or to support the Namaste podcast, visit patreon.com slash Melissa Malati. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Melissa Malati.